say I'd like to ask Yvette to come back up here. She is uh, from Generations Church. She has helped us for several years now emcee our Modesty Fashion Show that we hold every Je July. And we've asked her to emcee today, and she has a beautiful story too. So thank you, Yvette. <laughs> I love how relational Brazos Pregnancy Center is. Don't you love that? The fact that they sew into these young ladies' lives and families' lives to let them know they're not alone. Because a lot of times, I don't know if any of you have experienced this, but you can feel alone. And it can be quite a daunting task to think about the future when you don't know what the future holds. And I would like to share a little bit about my story. That's my husband. <laughs> Alan Ladder, he and I have been married this year for 40 years. <laughs> Thank you. I would have to say that God has been the center of our marriage, and he's the reason why I can stand here today, giving my honor and thanks to him. We talked about times when some of you might have experienced this, you know, I'm, I'm out of here, I'm done, gone, you know. But we made a decision, uh, divorce, no, but murder, maybe. I was <laughs> 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 like, okay, that's enough, Good luck. <laughs> So we've been married for 40 years, and we passed to Generations Church, the South family, Summer Joy is our oldest child, and she's married to Paul of Murder. And then Zane on this end is our second and only other child, and he's married to Jamie, Briscoe, Lada. And then we have, in this picture, three grandbabies. Preston is the eldest, he's five, about to be six. Then Braylon and Joy, and then Bella. And Bella, she does not need you. She's like a kitty cat. She'll look right through you if she doesn't need you. And person, he's like a little fuzzy little warm puppy, you know, loving and warm. And then Bella, when she decides to be that way, she can be so cute and loving. And Brennan is precious and loving. She came out of the room smiling. And when she would cry, she'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm crying. I, I didn't know why I'm crying. We got that impression as a newborn. So we're very happy with our family, so very thankful for our family. And then we had a recent addition come into our lives. That was uh, just this last month, August 16th, Brea Grace came into our lives. Jamie gave birth to their second child. And right there you see three generations of Lada women. And when I saw this picture, I thought, my goodness, my story could have been so much different. It could have been two generations instead of three. So I'm going to tell you my story and be a little bit vulnerable about this. That's me. I am from a country called Rhodesia, and it is now called Zimbabwe. So I was born and raised in a city called Salisbury, 
And this is in the southern part of Africa. This is about South Africa. And that's my dad. Nice little Jewish man. And um, I'm about four years old right there. And you know, as a four-year-old, you don't know what's going to happen when you grow up. My dad didn't know. My mom didn't know. All I knew was that I was loved. And what could go wrong in life, right? What could go wrong in life? That's me in kindergarten. And the reason why I'm showing this is because when I say I'm from Africa, a lot of times people think, what? Y'all, some of y'all are doing that work. <laughs> so I was raised in a British colony, had a British education, and thus the accent, in case you're wondering, oh, that's what that's about. So yeah, sorry I had kindergarten and five years old. That was me as a teenager. On this particular day, my life changed forever. That picture is in The Justice of the Peace, and I am signing a marriage license. So now I'll backtrack just a little. Before that marriage license was signed, again, Alan and I had already committed we wanted to get married. I met him at a Presbyterian church on a Friday night at a youth meeting. I was 18 years old and he was 20. And when this happened, I just turned 19. We were madly in love, and so much so, you would get a red hot blooded American and a red hot blooded Rhodesian girl together with not much supervision or not much accountability. And yeah, you know, sparks fly and stuff happens, and I ended up expecting a baby. And my mom came to me this one particular morning. She goes, you've been acting kind of strange. What's going on? Are you pregnant? I'm like, I don't know. I, I think I might be. And Alan's mom also went to him that same morning. You've been acting kind of strange. Is he that pregnant? I'm like, how do you know? You know? He says, I think she might be. Well, our moms came with us to the doctor that particular day. We had already set up an appointment. They came with us to get the result, yes, I was pregnant, no, I wasn't, and yes, I was. When my father found out, you know, the guy was holding the little four-year-old, he was furious. He was a businessman, and um, he took me back to the doctor the next day, and he said, okay, what are we going to do with this situation? She's just about to start her life. This young man is from America. His parents are missionaries from America, and... Um, you know, what are we going to do? Can she get an abortion? And so the doctor who verified I was pregnant said, oh yeah, but abortions were illegal in my country. And she said, you know what, we can have her on a plane tonight to London, and she can have this on Saturday, she can have the abortion tomorrow, and we'll have her flown back to Africa by Tuesday, and she can be back at work on Wednesday, and no one will know. My dad's like, all right, that's a great deal. All right, that's what we're going to do. I'm just sitting there, and suddenly my life was totally crazy. So I went back to see Alan and told him what my dad was wanting me to do. He said, Dad, we don't believe in abortion. We love each other, and yes, what we did was wrong, but this baby would have come sooner or later. The baby is coming sooner than later. And I'm going to go to your dad and say, can I please marry you? And we will make things right. 
So he did that. He went to see my dad and my mom and told him what our thoughts were. And he said, my dad said, okay, I'll give you permission to marry my daughter. Because we were going to leave America, leave Rhodesia and come to America. Because right now I was going to be blackballed because I was pregnant out of wedlock. And he said, we'll take care of her. We're going to move to Texas. My parents have friends in Texas. And my dad said, okay, I'm going to let you marry my daughter. But you need to know, if you hurt her, this world is not big enough for both of us. I'm like, go oh, dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so comes this picture. That was the Sunday. Monday, I get a phone call at work. And I was working a little fashion boutique. I was learning how to be a fashion designer and... Um, yeah, moving on. Um, I get this phone call at work and Alan's on the phone and goes, hey babe, hi, you love me? Yeah, you want to get married? Well, yeah, was well, 12 o'clock too soon? I'm like, what? He said, yes, your dad knows the justice of the peace and I'm thinking, yeah, of course he does. He said, and he's got it arranged that we can get married at noon. I'm like, um, okay. So suddenly I felt like Cinderella because I was working in this boutique and my ladies that were, that were attendants, they said, okay, you've got to get your dress, you've got to get your coat on, you've got to get your shoes on. And, and by noon I was ready to go and went to the Justice of the Peace. My parents were there, my godparents were there, Alan's parents were there. And that day when I signed that piece of paper, my life changed forever. The consequences of what I had done now caused my trajectory to be totally different. A month later, we got married in the church. This is in my home. Those are my two older sisters and my mom and my father. That would be the last family picture that I would take with my family. We had a beautiful wedding. I was wearing white. Most of the people didn't know that I was pregnant. And I had a beautiful smile on my face. Nobody knew, but I knew. Nobody could see behind the smile, the fear that was in my heart, the anguish and the anxiety of what was the future going to hold at this point. I knew the little seed that was inside me I was going to love no matter what. But I was so scared. Because in two months I was going to be leaving my home in Africa and coming to America for the first time. Fortunately, I have an adventuresome spirit, and my husband had actually asked me when he, when he talked about proposing, he said, Yvette, before I ask you this, I want you to know, would you go with me anywhere in the world? I'm like, yes, of course I would. He said, okay. I don't know when, but one day we're going to get married. Would you, oh, will you marry me, of course? Yes, I will marry you. So this happened sooner than later. We were madly in love, and actually still are. Yeah. Oh, he's like, wrap it up, wrap it up. <laughs> Great. I'm kind of being in the romantic moment. Okay, I'll wrap it up. So he, he's like, yeah, I got the girl. Okay, we're good here. Yeah. And that was an exciting day. And then a couple months later, we moved to America. And a few months after that, we had this. That was the day I left my home, 19 years old, to cross the world. First time to ever leave home. Saying goodbye to my mom, my godmother, and some good friends. 
Alan's parents were there too, they're just one in the picture. Our first home was in Houston, Texas. And a few months later, this beautiful baby girl was born. And the man who wanted to have my baby aborted came to America to meet our baby. And he had so much love in his heart for his beautiful cutie doll. I used to call her my cutie doll. I love Grandpa. Thank you. God had begun to redeem and restore our life. And we asked, would you please, God, turn our mess into a message? Take what we have and, and use it. So then we were three, sweet little family, Summer Joy with her little frog purse. She took that and with her. And then a couple years later, actually almost four years later, Summer and Alan had prayed for a baby brother. And I was afraid to have another child because I love this baby so much. I'm like, I can't. I don't think I could love another child. How many of you ladies have ever felt that before I said no? So a few more years later, we were three, and then now we were four. And how many of you ladies remember cropping? Did you ever do the whole cropping thing? Cut the pictures out and do the cool scissors and all that? Yeah, I was into that then. I was like, I was like, you bet that picture's really healthy. I'm like, yeah, but it's part of my story. It's part, he, he said, well, what about this? My people are not going to get this. So I'm going to tell you in case you don't get it. That's us in the Bible. <laughs> That's what that is. <laughs> so this, <laughs> this is what we stood on then, and it's what we still stand on now. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so then we had four. Little Zane Allen was now the baby brother of Summer Joy Allen. We got to see her go to school. We got to pour into her life. She graduated from high school, went out to college, and then got her doctorate. And today she is a doctor. And she delivers babies every day. We got to see her meet the love of her life, Paul Erkinurda, the definition of a gentleman, as his name written there. We're very thankful for this amazing man. We've got the treasure of our heart. She waited a long time. But what is so beautiful about her relationship is she waited because I had spoken into her and I poured into her about the importance of waiting for the right mate to come into your life. And I shared our, finally got to share our story when she came to me at 18 years old. She was doing biology and she had that real thing that tells you the cycle of when you were pregnant and when you had a baby. Something wasn't adding up. Yeah. So we, we had that conversation. She came to she came to Granbury and Mom, I need to ask you a question. Were you pregnant before you got married? Yes, son. I just want to know one thing, is dad my dad? <laughs> said, yes, my darling, your dad is your dad. And we loved you from the moment you were conceived, and we love you even more now. 
And so she began a quest on being a voice for the unborn because I shared with her how that sweet little man that was hugging her when she was a baby in that walker, I shared with her how her grandfather wanted to abort her. Because he was concerned for his daughter and he said, you need to get on with your life, you can't be having a baby at this age. And so she became a voice for the unborn and she actually started helping at a pregnancy center much like the one here in Bradbury. So we got to see her get married. We got to see her have her only two children, Preston and Bella. This is 4th of July, this last year here in Granbury. Carry on. This is my favorite picture of Summer Doyle. Her life could have been a statistic. She could have been gone. She would have gone to heaven, but she would never have been able to fulfill her destiny. So I'm thankful that the Lord worked in my heart and I, my husband's heart to give our baby life, to be responsible for what we had done, and be accountable. We gave her life and the ability to be able to dance through the ups and downs. She is on a, a Cliffs Mountainside, and that is the Sea of Galilee in the background. She was on a mission trip there. She committed her life to the Lord and trusted Him to do whatever He wanted to do in her life. That's my summer. Thanks. This is Summer Joy. She had a doctorate in nurse midwifery. She delivers babies now at um, Harris Methodist in Fort Worth, and this is a water birth. My husband was like, you are not showing that picture. <laughs> I'm like, yes I am. <laughs> this is the passion of her heart, to be a voice for the unborn, and to bring dignity to birth. And this is what's beautiful. If you take a look quickly at the hand that's on each table, her hands are the first hands to catch a baby. When she receives that baby out of the womb, she prays blessings over that child. She begins to declare the goodness of God over that baby. She begins to pray over that family. And that baby is blessed as it comes into the world because she has given her hands to the Lord to serve her. Tonight, my daughter, Summer Joy, Okimoto is here. for giving me the honor to be your mom. I want to say thank you for far surpassing what I could ever, ever thought or imagine. I want to say thank you for committing your life to the Lord and allowing him to lead and guide your path and for being a voice for the unborn and for bringing dignity to women who, are, who come across your path. And tonight, I honor you. One more thing. I have two real children, real, two children from my room, but many spiritual children.
I'm the youth pastor at our church, Generations. And so my heart right now is to reach this generation, to speak into their lives, to speak into these young ladies' lives, to speak into the men's lives, to teach them how to be respectful to ladies, to teach young women how to have respect for themselves. And so if you ever come over to Generations on Wednesday night, you'll be seeing me hanging out with a bunch of crazy teenagers. They're my people, and I love them. And it's my honor to be able to share my story with you tonight. Thank you.